When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Steel Curtain Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you Thursday morning. It's February. Man, it goes by so fast. But it's February. You hear me say it all the time about time, time going by. This is an interesting one, all right? Uh, this is a little geeky, nerdy thing that I've got to talk about simply because you have to do it when the opportunity arises. This is a, going to be a very interesting February for the Steeler Stat Geek podcasts. Because if it goes as scheduled, you should be getting five episodes. That's right. There are five Thursdays in February. Today is February 1st, and we will go through February 29th. For those of you that are wondering, the next time there will be five Thursdays in the month of February will be the year 2052. That's right, 2052. 28 years from now is when we could once again have five regularly scheduled Thursdays in February. So that's just kind of a little neat, geeky thing to bring up here to start the show. But I also have to let you know how proud I was of my son. My son, he's 12 years old. He'll be 13. Um, normally, when I think of a 12-year-old, I think of a smaller kid. Nah, he's he's taller than my wife. He's he's growing up. But this is what he said when I said it would be 1952, whenever that would whenever it would happen again. This is what my son said. He said, "You know what I can say, Dad? I'm a man. I'm 40." That's the first thing he thought of. He figured out how old he was, but of course he went back to that famous quote because he hears me say it, joking around. So uh, very, very proud of my son for, for pulling that one out. But, hey, let's talk some Pittsburgh Steelers. We got the geekiness out of the way. You know, we got the, the, the five Thursdays in February done, and who really cares that it's a Thursday, other than that's when this show is. Uh, to me, I'd rather have five Saturdays. That That's just me. Uh, we'll get those. Oh, let's see. When when is that? That's actually that should be twenty forty eight when you get when you get five Saturdays because I think that I think that happened four years ago that it was five Saturdays. Uh, I might be wrong with that. I'm going strictly from memory. So anyway, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and things going on. I I'm looking for questions still. STLR Superfandad at gmail dot com. That's my email. STLR Superfandad is my name on X or Twitter or Twix, as I call it, or Twixter, or I don't even know. Um, I, I'm looking for questions. Now, I had a, a, a very interesting question. It's funny. It's interesting. I was even uh, throwing this by Big Brosco to see if he had any ideas of what to do. And and he's like, 
And I was telling him the only way I could figure out the, 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 the answer. And he's like, why? He's like, that's so much work just for something that you just be like, oh, yeah, that didn't really tell me anything. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what stats is sometimes. But what the question was, was trying to figure out, you know, how much time Steelers players missed this year compared to their salaries, you know, how much they kind of lost and where were they in, in regard to the rest of the league. There was just, honestly, there's not a good way to compile time missed where you would get everybody if it was missed due to injury, other than looking at the inactive list and cross-referencing it with the with the injury report for every single game. So to do it just for the Steelers would be tough. To just do it across the NFL would be even more difficult. I just didn't have a good way to get it. That's what's going to happen sometimes, and I'll try to let you know because because sometimes you, you can ask a question, and I would just say, you know, one, I, there's just no way to find it, or two, it's just it, it would be so intensive to try to do it. I'm just not able to thoroughly answer that question. And then again, I have to ask my question, my, my, ask myself, would the time to act to get the answer really be worth it when I have all my other obligations to Steel Curtain Network, Fans for Sports, Sports Network, and all those other things? So sorry about that, that I couldn't get that one. But this week, this was just something I wanted to do on my own because the situation presented itself. I knew when we finally got around to it that this was something I would be doing at some point during the offseason, and that is seeing if I can look numerically and statistically at the coach that the Steelers brought in to be the offensive coordinator. The fact that the Steelers wanted some experience at the NFL level, if that happened with the hire, that was going to make it so much easier. People asked me stuff about Matt Canada when he was hired and trying to go back and look at his college stuff. I'm like, it, it just doesn't really translate. And frankly, all my all – my, um, uh, I, I almost used the wrong word. All subscriptions – I almost said prescriptions. All my subscriptions to various things to get my statistics are all for NFL, we're not for college. So that was just one of those things I'm like – and I don't even know that it would relate. This is a whole different story because although the Steelers, as of my recording this on Wednesday night, have not announced it, I'd be shocked if they announced it at this time of night, have not announced yet officially that they have hired Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator. But all the reports are coming in. Nothing is to the contrary. We're just waiting for an official announcement from the Steelers. Um, And that way I can then publish that article. Um, you know, I already had the one about the reports. So I don't think there's anyone that's doubting it's going to happen. It's just still waiting for the official word. You're not going to see it on the Steelers' website, things, things of that nature. But Arthur Smith, the most recently, was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. That's, that's the Steelers' new offensive coordinator. Now, some Steelers fans are excited about this. It took me a while to find some. It took me a while to find some. The ones that aren't excited about it are the ones that are extra vocal and often extra profanity-laced. So when, when, I, when I look at this I, um, and how the reaction was, when Jeff Hartman and I went on and did the Breaking News podcast for this on Tuesday, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, 
it was I thought about it someone that when the report was out that he was interviewing with the Steelers. I'm like, we'll see if that's the way they're going. I was more surprised to actually be getting news about it. I just thought that there was some interest, especially in maybe with some of the 49ers staff, that the Steelers were going to wait. Jeff brought up a good point. Maybe they were able to at least reach out to say, hey, is this worth us waiting around for? Found out the answer was no and rolled with it. I- I'm not sure. We, and there there could be reports about that eventually, but I'm not holding my breath for them to come out. So I was thrown off a little bit by that, but it is the kind of hire, honestly, in the past I would have been really excited about. But now I'm just like, let's see how it how it goes because it's not – how do I say it? Some of Steelers Nation and some of you, you know, whether you're one of my nerds of steel, whether you're a ride or die crew, whether you're uh, the great group that we get in our live chats for our various live shows on YouTube, that if you haven't ever done that, that's a lot of fun. People throughout those different places kind of had, had me buying into the let's not do what makes sense for the for the Steelers and how they've done it. Let's go off grid. Let's go. Let's go way outside the box and do things in a non typical Steelers way to see um, if they can really make some magic. Okay, I don't. So I was kind of half expecting that. But really, the Arthur Smith hire does make sense, especially when you look at how things break down. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at five different seasons. I'm going to present to you five different seasons when it comes to Arthur Smith. I'm going to present to you two seasons in Tennessee. I'm going to present three seasons as head coach in Atlanta. Now, just remember, with the head coach in Atlanta, he was not the offensive coordinator because he had an offensive coordinator, but he was the play caller. So it was one of those deals where there was an offensive coordinator, but they weren't calling the plays. You know, he was the head coach who is above what an offensive coordinator would be. So at first I was going to say, let's hit, let's knock out the bad first. Let's knock out the bad and we'll talk about the Falcons. And then we'll knock out the good and we'll finish up with the good with the Titans. I changed my mind as I started to look at the numbers because as I looked at the numbers and I looked at things in Tennessee and then looked at things in Atlanta, it kind of went to show me some various things as to why it might not have worked out as well in Atlanta. The number one reason could be simply that Arthur Smith is one of those coaches that I've I've talked about on Scobro. Jeff and I talked about on the breaking news. He's talked about on Let's Ride. Others have talked about it across our network. You just have, sometimes you have one of those coaches that great coordinator, not so much as a head coach. And honestly, it, it could even be not even so much as a head, not a, so much a head coach, is not so much a head coach in certain situations. It's really important for a coordinator or a head coach, much like a quarterback to be in the right spot to have the most success. I'll say it over and over again, and some Steelers fans will argue with me tooth and nail. That's okay. That's all right. You can have your opinion. My opinion is if the Pittsburgh Steelers would have drafted Lamar Jackson instead of Terrell Edmonds in 2018, Lamar Jackson would not be near the quarterback that he is right now. 
I, I don't think it was the right fit in Pittsburgh. I don't, especially the time you're talking Ben Roethlisberger. You're talking about you would be the backup. And what do you generally want with, with, with the backup? Someone who has a very similar offense. Lamar, it didn't take long until Lamar Jackson was taken over in Baltimore. You know, it was, that was in, during his rookie year. But it was very different. Um, that's why Mason Rudolph and made sense to the Steelers, but that happened. He was the next quarterback picked, but it didn't happen until the beginning of the third round. So I, I've said it many times that a, a bad situation for a quarterback can really make or break their career. So, for I mean, look at I going way back, way back to my college days. You had Peyton Manning number one, Ryan Leaf number two. Was it really that Ryan Leaf was that bad, or was he not in the right situation? Well, chances are it was Ryan Leaf had his own issues, and that was part of the part part of the problem. But could he have maybe landed somewhere else different that would have been better for him? I I I think so. I I really do think so. That that a lot of that has to to factor into these things. So maybe it was a problem with Arthur Smith in Atlanta. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know much about that. Hopefully, we'll be getting more from that with from Jeff Hartman, who's hoping to get some insight insight to someone with the Atlanta Falcons. For he was hoping for Friday's Let's Ride. We'll see if that happens. So that'll be really interesting. So it could just be one of these things. Because if you look at Arthur Smith's resume as an offensive coordinator, it's crazy good that we're going to dive into that real quick. But before we take our break and then we can dive into these numbers, we come back. I just want to give you a quick rundown of where Arthur Smith was as a professional. Well, first of all, he he played. He was a guard. He was an offensive lineman um, in college, and that was in, in North Carolina, is where he was. Uh, he was there from 2001 through 2005. He had injuries. Didn't play very much. He ended up having a, a foot problem. Missed a lot. Let's see. He missed all of the 20, almost almost all the 2022 season, all the 2023 season, and then just didn't have much playing time or anything after that. But in 2006, he was a grad assistant with North Carolina. That's when he started into the coaching ranks. All right? 2007-2008, he was a defensive quality control coach for Washington. That was at the time they were the Redskins. Then, so not not the college, the, the NFL team. Then he doesn't have anything under 2009. I'm not sure exactly what was going on there, uh, where where he would have possibly been um, at 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 that time. But in 2010, he was at Ole Miss. Um, he was uh, intern slash administrative assistant. To, then 2011 is when he started in Tennessee. He was defensive quality control coach for a season. Then he was offensive quality control coach for a season. Then he was the offensive line coach for a season. Then he was the assistant tight ends coach for two years, 2014-2015. The tight ends coach for three years, 2016 to 2018, before he was the offensive coordinator in 2019 and 2020, and then the head coach of the Falcons 2021 2022, 2023. So I'm just going back here to the offensive coordinator. And rather than because of the way things worked out, I'm going to start with the Titans. So I'm going to take a quick break, check out these messages. And when we come back, I'm going to dive into a bunch of these numbers. So stick around with me. 
right, Steelers fans, here we go. Now let's finally get into the geeky numbers of it. I did a lot of talking, setting it up, so here we go. Arthur Smith took over the Tennessee Titans as the offensive coordinator in 2019. Here's what's interesting when it comes to the to the Tennessee Titans. I talked about this in the Breaking News podcast that Jeff and I did. In 2018, when it was Matt LaFleur as the offensive coordinator, the Titans were 27th in points, 25th in yards. The first year under Arthur Smith, they were 10th in points, 12th in yards. And then in 2020, they were 4th in points and 2nd in yards. So they, they significantly improved. We've talked about that. Now, what's interesting to know is this. The quarterback for the Tennessee Titans in 2018 was Marcus Mariota. That was the quarterback, LaFleur's last year there. That's what was going on. 2019, whenever Arthur Smith took over, it started off as Marcus Mariota. It was Marcus Mariota for, I'm thinking, hold on, I got to double check here. I'm thinking it was six games of Marcus Mariota. um, And before they went to Ryan Tannehill, they they didn't have a, a very great record at the time. It was, it, it was, uh, wait a second. I'm not looking at the right year. That's the problem. We're not at 2020 yet. We're at 2019. All right. So in 2019, as I said, it started off with Marcus Mariota. I can't remember this all that clearly because it wasn't the Steelers. But uh, Marcus Mariota, he started the first six games of the season. In that sixth game, Ryan Tannehill came in partway through, and then he started the final 10 games of the season. Mariota was two and four. Tannehill was seven and three. So the, the Titans finished nine and seven. Tannehill, in 10 starts, had, had 2,700 yards passing, 22 touchdowns to six interceptions, throwing it. And I think he even had a rushing touchdown in there as well. Um, and what? Uh, let's see here. I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Brian Tannehill had four rushing touchdowns that season. Okay, so four in 2019. Then, but how how was the overall offense for the Titans? Well, they were 21st in passing, but they were third in rushing. And why were they third in rushing? Because Derrick Henry rushed for 1,540 yards on 303 carries with 16 rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. They were, th- they were the third best team in, um, rushing that year. Now, what about receiving? That's also important, too. Well, this was the first year where, and, and where they had – A.J. Brown go over 1,000 yards. I can't remember when A.J. Brown was a rookie. That might have been his first year in the league altogether. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, um, and I didn't write it down, so I'm sorry. But but A.J. Brown went over 1,000 yards receiving. He had 1,051 yards. He ended up being 24th in the NFL in, in receiving yards, which for receivers, that's to be up there, especially a team that was 21st in passing, That that's pretty good. But if you look at it, okay, so he had, he had over 1,000. Corey Davis, which is it's really interesting because I use Pro Football Reference for my stats, and for some reason, in the in the 2019 season, they have Corey Davis listed as a tight end instead of being a wide receiver all the rest of his career. And I even checked up his his alignments on PFF. 
it's not like he was lined up as a tight end all the time. So I, I don't know why they have him as a tight end. But he was second in receiving with 601 yards. But third was tight end Johnu Smith with 439 um, yards. And I forgot to tell you that A.J. Brown had eight receiving touchdowns that year as well. So they really the offense really started to come on for the Tennessee Titans in 2019. So, the, but then there was an, an even more improvement. Now, wait, before I get there, I, I something I forgot. 2019, the, the Titans finished nine and seven. They make the playoffs as a wild card. And what do they do? They go on the road. They beat New England 20 to 13. Oh, great. Well, you win. So what do you get? Wow, you get to take on um, – uh, a, a team that just had a bye to start the playoff. Would they do that that next week? Boom. They go into Baltimore, beat the Ravens 28-12. to 12. They go to the conference championship game in Kansas City and jump out to a 10-point lead. They're up 10 to nothing. Kansas City answers the touchdown. They answer with a touchdown. So they're up 17-7 in the second quarter, and things just kind of fell apart from there. They ended up losing 35-24. to 24. They scored right around the same amount of points that they had been, but they just could not. I mean, they gave up by far, save one game. They gave up. They gave up their their second most points of the season. Uh, they had given up uh, some decent points to to to, to New Orleans um, that season as well. But that's what the that's what the Tennessee Titans did with Arthur Smith the first year as the offensive coordinator. Now look at year two. They now I will tell you right now they did not have the success in the playoffs uh, that they did um, in in 2019, but they had more success in, in the regular season in 2020. If you remember, that's when you had the whole weird thing where their game with the Steelers got bumped. Uh, that was going to be a big matchup and everything. Those two teams, you know, hadn't lost and they end up playing. Um, they, they get their bye week moved because of everything. And and the Titans after after starting off five and zero, they end up losing to the Steelers in Week Seven, but they ultimately ended up going eleven and five that season. But then they also lost in the first round of the playoffs, um, hosting a game. So that was kind of how that worked out. But where did they rank? They had they were ranked they had ranked better in points and and everything. I'd already said that earlier. They went down a little bit in their passing. They went from 21st in the league to 23rd, but they went up in their rushing, up to the number two rushing team, team in the NFL. Once again, Derrick Henry led the NFL um, with with in rushing yards, went over 2,000 yards. Okay, um, A.J. Brown, he, was, he moved up to 16th in receiving. He went over 1,000 yards again. And Tannehill, he was fifth in passing in the in the NFL. So even though they're as a team they were down, he was middle of the of um, if you're talking 32 quarterbacks, that's where he was. And did he have to pass for more yards? No, he did not. He did not have to pass for more yards because he had such a strong run game to lean on. I'll tell you this right now. When it comes when it comes to Derrick Henry, the the there are two times in his career that he led the NFL in rushing. And that was in 2019 and 2020 with Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator. There are twice in his career where he led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. 
That was 16 in 2019 and 17 in 2020. Now, he also led the NFL in rushing attempts. He was over 300, he had 303 in 2019 and 378 in 2020. And he also, here's another one, also led the NFL in yards per game. So it wasn't just because they gave him the ball so much. Well, it could be because they gave him the ball so much because it was yards per game, not yards per carry. Sorry. But he had yards per attempt. No joke. I'll get to this. 2019, 5.1 yards per attempt. And 2020, 5.4 yards per attempt. Only two times in his career, over five yards per attempt rushing. So the best years of Derrick Henry's career came when Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator. He was uh, he was the offensive player of the year in 2020. He was all pro. You know, great. He was second team all pro um, in 2019, but first team all pro in 2020. He saw the best years of his career when Arthur Smith was was the offensive coordinator. But also, you know how I said about in the in the first half about you know sometimes quarterbacks it's got to be the right fit or else things may not work out too well. You know what? Things weren't working out too well with Ryan Tannehill. In Miami, remember he was he was drafted by the Dolphins eighth overall in 2012, and it just never. I mean, he was seven and nine, eight and eight, eight and eight, six and ten. My then he got an eight and five season in there in 2016 for Miami, and then he was back to five and six. So it's Tennessee. As I said before, he was seven and three in 2019, and eleven and five as a starter in 2020. He had his best two seasons of his NFL career when he had Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator. Now, now think about this. He only started 10 games in 2019. He only started 10 games. But yet he had just as – yardage-wise, not as much, but really good numbers when, when, when you look at these things. I mean, he had 22 touchdowns to six interceptions in 2019. He had 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. In 2020, you know, just great offensive production. When, when you look at that, even though their passing yards were down, it's because they were running the ball so much. They just didn't have the attempts. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that was what the what the Tennessee offense did with Arthur Smith. Now it's time to to, to switch it up and, and go to Atlanta. So he goes to Atlanta as the head coach. You're like, okay, now is where everything goes downhill. Well, a little bit, but there's also some some interesting things to, to look at here. So let's look, <coughs> excuse me, first of all, the overall ranks. When Arthur Smith, you know, in, in 2020, the, the Falcons were 16th in points and 18th in, in yards offensively. 2021, they were 26th in points and 29th in yards. They saw a jump in 2022 to 15th in points and 24th in yards. Then last season, 2023, they saw they went way down in points from 15th to 26th, but they went up in yards from 24th to 17th. So if you look at just the yards, they improved after that first year. They improved every year to basically get back to where they were before he started. But the first thing that jumps out to me is when I look at the Atlanta Falcons um, franchise page, and I'm looking at these ranks. 
it lists the players who who was the top passer, who was the top rusher, who was the top receiver. And when I did that in Tennessee for 2019 and 2020, it was the same three players for both years. But when I went to Atlanta, three different passers, three different rushers, two different receivers. Drake London led the team in receiving the last two seasons. That's the only repeat under that time. So when you start looking at what was going on here, it gets a little bit interesting. Because if you look at 2021, when it, when it came to what the, the, the Falcons did, they were 16th in passing, but 31st in rushing. 16th in passing, 31st in rushing. Matt Ryan was their quarterback. Matt Ryan, who was getting towards the end, of the end of his career, you know, he had been playing really well and everything. For all those years, he was a, the MVP of the league in 2016. But by the time you got to 2021, you know, he went 7-10. and 10. But it was better than 2020. He went 4-12. and 12. Now, he had, he had more passing yards the, the year before. He had 4,500 yards in 2020. But that was because he led the NFL in both attempts and completions um, because they were losing a lot. The next year, I mean, think about that. They won They won three more games, had two more losses. Remember, that's when the NFL won 17 games. So they, they improved their win-loss record when they went to there. But they were, they were terrible running the football. If you, if you look at it, their leading rusher, that year was Cordero Patterson, okay, who really wasn't a running back. So if, if you look at that, you've got Patterson leading the team in rushing with 618 yards. Behind him was Mike Davis with 503 yards. The third leading rusher of the team was Matt Ryan with 82. So in between, between the three of them, they had 10 rushing touchdowns. So that that's what they were. When you look at, at, at receiving and what they what they had there, Kyle Pitts went over a thousand yards as a rookie, but he's a tight end, but he's not your typical tight end. After that, your, your receivers were Russell Gage, Cordero Patterson, but that's why they were they were decent in the past. But bottom line is is Matt Ryan was not worth the money for them to keep. So after one year with Matt Ryan, Arthur Smith that's gone. Who ends up back with Arthur Smith with the Atlanta Falcons in 2022? That's Marcus Mariota. Now you have to ask yourself, Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator when Mariota started off, didn't work well. They went to Ryan Tannehill. That, is that something really that Smith brought on? I don't know. I don't remember because, like I said, now you're talking Falcons. That's NFC. I'm not paying attention to that stuff. So it just kind of seemed weird that. You know, then it's Marcus Mariota. He's he's the leading pattern. He starts 13 games. His final start was against the Steelers. It was something that I had said, I'm pretty sure on the Steelers preview going, I said, hey, Steelers have the opportunity to kind of end Marcus Mariota's year. I said, because if the Steelers beat the Falcons, they need to go to Desmond Ritter. Because after the Steelers, they had a very late bye week, and they only had four games after that. That's exactly what they did. They, they did Mariota, and then they went to Desmond Ritter the last four games, 
Mariota was five and eight. Ritter was two and two. The Falcons once again were seven and ten. That's what they were the three years Smith was there. But but you look at it and in twenty so in twenty twenty two, the Falcons under Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter dropped from sixteenth in passing down to thirty first. But in rushing, they went from thirty first up to third. Up to third. They had their leading rusher was Tyler Algier. He went over a thousand yards and he ended up being 14th in the NFL in rushing. Okay. This was after Matt Ryan was 11th in passing the year before, just, just to let you know who was ranking the best for him. So you had Algier over a thousand yards. You had Cordero Patterson still, still doing his thing, getting, um, 695 yards. Um, and then, of course, Mariota rushed for over 400 yards. Then they had another running back, Caleb Huntley, that went over 300 yards. They started, after Matt Ryan was gone, they started focusing on being able to run the football. That's that's what they did. I don't really know what went down with their draft for 2023 with the whole idea of B. John Robinson when they had Algier, what they were thinking, who's if that was Smith if that was the GM, if that was the owner. I don't know. I'll just tell you this. If this decision was Arthur Smith, then that tells me he might not be the best drafting head coach um, because I think he kind of paid for that decision, um, especially then with how they were utilizing him. Um, if it was, If that was something where that was forced on him from somebody else, then no wonder it kind of worked out the way that it did. But if you go on to the 2023 season, you, once again, different quarterback. Who who was the who was the leading quarterback for him uh, that year in passing? It was once again Desmond Ritter started 13 games, went six and seven. Ta- um, Taylor Heineke started four games. You know they're just trying to get stuff figured out there. Uh, the passing was, I mean, Ritter had 12 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Um, I will tell you this, Desmond Ritter in his 13 starts had twice as many touchdowns last year as Kenny Pickett in his 12. Now, he had three times as many interceptions, but he did at least have twice as many touchdowns because that's one thing that I know Steelers fans really have uh, going on with Kenny Pickett. But that passing, you know, with Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, that moved from 31st up to 22nd. And the running attack was still good, just not as good. They dropped from third in the NFL to ninth in the NFL. So that's what happened with them last year. So it just seemed like they didn't really have the same continuity. B. John Robinson led the team in rushing uh, 976 yards. Uh, Tyler Algier was only had uh, – not sorry, I was looking at attempts, not yards. He had 683. Um, then it was followed by Ritter and then Patterson um, with, one, with 181. It just seemed like maybe I don't know if Arthur Smith's problem was was figuring out personnel. I heard he didn't have a very good GM. That's kind of some of the word of, on the street. And if that's the case, I'll be honest with you. To me, that's a red flag. When you have a team, when you have a head coach that's there for three seasons and you have a different leading passer each year and not due to injury – and a different leading rusher each year, which doesn't, which didn't appear to be due to injury. And you only had, you know, one leading receiver one year who was still there, and then 
somebody else for the next two years. To me, that's a red flag with things. And maybe it was Arthur Smith. Maybe it was the GM. It just didn't sound like the best thing. To me, I've, there are so many Steelers fans that are like, oh, this is so terrible. Just look at Atlanta. Look at Atlanta. Look at Atlanta. Okay. Why are you judging an offensive coordinator on him being a head coach when you have data from when he was an offensive coordinator? Okay. Now, if the data lines up, but also you can't ignore the data from when he was a head coach. He was the play caller. But how involved was he as he's involved with everything? You know, hopefully he will be much more focused with the Steelers because he's not worried about being head coach. Just be the coordinator. Go back to be the coordinator. See what you can do. So to me, this is like almost any kind of statistic. You could spin this any way you want. You could spin this of, man, really look at that stuff with Tennessee. That's impressive. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, left for dead in Miami, comes to Tennessee, revives his career. Best numbers he best numbers he ever had those two years. I mean, he had some he he did he did all right in 2021 as well. Tannehill did. Um, didn't throw for as many yards. Uh, they actually won one more game. Uh, but remember, they had what they had the same number of losses. There were 17 games. Didn't throw for as many yards or anything like that. Didn't have as many touchdowns, didn't have near as much of the success. And then, of course, that started to fall off uh year year by year as he's getting up there. Uh, in age because, you know, Tannehill, he's, what is he now? He's he's 35, going on 30. He'll be 36 this summer. So that's kind of what you're looking at when it comes to things with Arthur Smith. You 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 can't just, you could look at just the numbers. But I want to give you just numbers. I wanted to put them in context. You're like, oh, well, he had Derrick Henry. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But he also got the most out of Derrick Henry that they've ever gotten. Now, in 2021, Derrick Henry got injured. I understand. And I actually called that because he had played – he had gone so many seasons in the NFL without missing games that eventually I'm like, he's a running back. It's, it's, it's going to catch up to him. I mean, he, he, he only – he played eight games in 2021. But, boom, he was back leading the league in rushing attempts in both 2022 and 2023. Derrick Henry was, just like he was with Arthur Smith. And even having an extra game in each of those years, he – did not reach the numbers that he did when Smith was there. Now, great, he's a little bit older, but his best years of his career, his two best years, easy, hands down, were the two years with Arthur Smith. So it's like, yes, he had a Derrick Henry, but he also got the most out of him. So that's my question. Can he get the most out of a Kenny Pickett, a Mason Rudolph, a whoever they have in there? Can he get the most out of a Najee Harris, a Jalen Moore? Can he get the most out of the receivers? That That's a whole different story. That's a really good question to ask because, you know, he loved A.J. Brown, from what I understand, didn't want didn't want to lose him um, and had him uh, taken taken away from him. But because uh, I'm, 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 I really want to look at some of the numbers with A.J. Brown and how they how, – how they were in Tennessee versus how he was in Philadelphia. I know we've gone over a little bit, but I'll just take just a minute to look at it because I didn't didn't really look at it, okay? A.J. Brown, he was a rookie in 2019. I should have realized that. Um, came in third in Offensive Rookie of the Year voting. Um, had over 1,000 yards as a rookie. Had over 1,000 yards in his second season. Was a pro bowler in his second season. Um, his third year in Tennessee without Arthur Smith, 869 yards. Not as much. 
Went from eight touchdowns, 11 touchdowns, down to five. Went to Philadelphia, then saw a big jump. So saw his, well, first of all, his receptions went up big time. He had more receptions each year in Philadelphia than he did in Tennessee because they're running the ball so much with Derrick Henry. And that's when he went up to over 1,400 yards both seasons. But if you look at his first two years in Tennessee versus his versus the two years that he had in Philadelphia, take out the year in between with Bill Arthur Smith, he actually had one more touchdown in Tennessee than he did with Philadelphia. So just to put that out there, um, he, and if you count rushing touchdowns, he actually had two more um, because he had he had a rushing touchdown in Tennessee as a rookie. So you didn't get like a big drop off or anything or or, or whatnot. You know, with with AJ Brown, which I could, I hope I didn't call him AJ Smith again. I call him man. for some reason the two wide receivers in Philadelphia. I like, I just switched their names. So, um, in case I did that, I'm already apologizing. So that's what's going on with all the information there with Arthur Smith. I'm say I'm sorry I went over. I'm going to keep these shorter in the off season. But uh, this one, I I, uh, I I I talked too much and didn't give you the stats in the beginning. So I apologize. So for those of you that stuck around for the numbers, hopefully you're feeling a little bit better about this. That even though some of the numbers were bad, I mean, my goodness, after one season, Arthur Smith took the 31st rushing attack his first year there at Atlanta and bumped it up to third. All right, so I think we see what the what the idea is going to be. But not only that, if you look at someone like Orion Tannehill, the, just the quarterback situation in, in Atlanta was a mess. I'm like, oh, well, he doesn't know how to develop a quarterback. Okay, first of all, he had, he had, he had Matt Ryan at the very end of his career. Then he got Marcus Mariota back, which I don't know if that was his call or not. Someone could – someone maybe – maybe someone will reach out to me and tell me if it was or not. If it was, I don't know that it was a good one because Mariota did not work out well for him in Tennessee. So all of a sudden in Atlanta, he's supposed to then make it work with Mariota? No, he got he got the same thing pretty much. And then it was, I mean, my goodness, Des, Desmond Ritter. So how much are you going to get there? I don't know. We'll see what happens with him coming to Pittsburgh. I'm excited just to see how it'll work out. I'm just kind of bummed we have to wait all the way until August to really see What's going on with that? With that, hey, we're bringing it to you the whole offseason here at Steel Curtain Network. Uh, make sure you are checking us out. All the podcasts on the audio side, on the on the YouTube side, on the written word at SteelCurtainNetwork.com. It's still coming. Whew. All right. Give me questions if you have them. Hopefully it's something I can answer. And as I always say to close these out, thanks for keeping up. 